Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today. This is New Hope Radio and New Hope Radio Podcast. And we're happy to put our radio shows on podcast so you can listen on demand anytime. Uh, if you're new to podcasting, we want you to know that we have different venues that you can catch the program on. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Player, and also the website here at New Hope at newhopecc.tv. Uh, right there on the homepage. Just click, boom. And we've got our radio messages up there. So we're glad to bring the Word of God to you. Every single day is so important to receive God's Word, isn't it? There's nothing better. What did Jesus call it? Food. Food for the soul. You know what else it is? It's a shower. It's that which washes us. And if you ever feel icky because of, like, you know, doing the wrong thing, you take a bath in the Word of God. It'll make you brand new. It'll make you feel squeaky clean. So that's why we do everything we can to bring you the Word of God, and we're happy to do so. And thank you for tuning in today. Today we're going to begin a brand new series, and we're going to see some of the wonderful benefits that come our way because of Christ. That's what it's entitled, Because of Christ. And we're going to see in this series so many good things. Because Jesus came to earth. And you know what he did? He atoned for our sins. I mean, think about it. He like, he atoned for the sins of the whole world. The whole world. Nobody is left out. Everybody is included. So we're going to see some of the wonderful benefits he provided. Today, we're going to see the benefit of hope. Ah, hope, hope is the fuel for the soul. It's the fuel for life. It's like the gas for your car. You might have a wonderful car, but if you have no gas, you're just going to sit there. And hope is the fuel that gets us going. It's the word elpis, and it means confident expectation. Hope means for a certainty. And we're going to see how Jesus provided hope, not only to the people of his day, but to us today. So let's give you a little background to the scriptures we're going to present. The people in the days of Jesus, they felt oppression from the Romans. You know, the, the Israel was an occupied nation. The Romans were in charge. And because of that, the Israelites were very highly taxed by the Romans. They worked day to day for their next meal. They felt that life had become bigger than them. So much so that it was like a dark cloud that blocked out any ray of light or any ray of hope that they could ever have. Let me ask you, did you ever feel that way? Did you ever feel oppressed? Maybe financially strapped? Not much of a bright future? You know, you look at where you are and you're like, man, is it going to get any better? Did you ever find yourself despairing of hope. So many circumstances in life can actually bring us to that place. And because of their condition, they were waiting for a breakthrough. And you know, their Old Testament Bibles told them that a breakthrough would, would come one day. And this is why they remembered the prophecy. That's why we need to remember the Word of God. You never know when it's going to, boom, show up. And here's the prophecy that they lived with. 
Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, in other words, look at that. Pay attention. Your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble, mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now there's the background to what we're going to talk about today. And we find it in John chapter 12, verse 12, where it opens up with, on the next day. Whenever you read on the next day, you kind of want to go back and find out, well, what was the day before? And this, the day before was the day that Mary took a pound of very costly perfume and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair. Oh, the house filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Can you smell it? Wouldn't that have been wonderful to be there and smell that perfume? And there's Jesus right in the middle. So on the next day, the large crowd who had come to the feast When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took the branches of the palm trees and they went out to meet him. And they began to shout, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. People finally had a hope. Someone who they believed would come and change everything for the better for them. Because remember the prophecy. That's why they they remembered the word of God. Behold, your king is coming to you, just and endowed with salvation. See, salvation to them meant deliverance. I'm going to beat up those Romans, going to get rid of them. We're going to be delivered from Rome. That's what they thought. He's humble and mounted on a donkey. So they thought, oh, this must be the day. Today must be the day. This is it. But wait, Jesus was a king. Just not now. You see, when Jesus came, he didn't come to just give us hope for today, or for next week, or for next year. No, he came to give us hope for eternity. That's why he came. You know, New England is an interesting place to live and to grow up. I'm a, na- I'm a native New Englander, and probably many of you that are listening in the area, so are you. And if you're a native New Englander, perhaps you can attest to this. It's a very religious area. Many churches, um, the observance of religious holy days, follow through with the sacraments, baptism, communion. And yet, what the Bible says next, I wonder if it would apply today as well. In verse 16, these things his disciples did not understand at the first. Now think about it. With all of our church going, all of our observances and rituals, do we really understand what Jesus is all about? Do we really? How many people that are religious and go to church really know what Jesus is all about? 
How many do you think really know? I don't know. The disciples walked with Jesus for three years. They witnessed his miracles. They fed the multitudes. They were there when he gave sight to the blind and healing to the deaf. And yet, when Jesus rode into town and then died on the cross, they didn't understand what the past three years were really all about. They had no clue. When Jesus was glorified, in other words, when he came back from the dead, oh, then they remembered. That's when. Then they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things to him. You see what's going on? It's so easy to, you know, be in church but not understand. It's so easy to read the scriptures and not grow. It happens all the time. It's so easy to call yourself a Christian but not know what it means to live the Christian way of life. See, there's got to be a seriousness on the part of the participant. That there's got to be a seriousness. You believe my phone's ringing? How about that? That is amazing. I usually don't put it in here in the studio. Today I did because, it, you know, it's like, nah, it's not going to ring. It rang. I'm not going to answer it, though. So these people, they finally understood who Jesus was and what he came to do and why he was crucified on a Roman cross. They finally came to understand. See, I wonder, how long do we have to wait for understanding? Let me ask you, how does understanding come? How does understanding of the Word of God come? I don't mean reading it. I mean understanding it. Well, I think it takes a couple of things. It takes, number one, actually hearing the Word of God. That's important. It also takes, secondly, abiding in the Word of God. That's very vital. Thirdly, it takes being led by the Holy Spirit. And in order to be led by the Holy Spirit, you know what one must do? Here it comes. They must yield. Yield. What does it mean to yield to the Spirit? It means to let Him have His way. To give the right of way to the Holy Spirit. You know, when you're driving your car and you want to get on the highway and you're on the on-ramp and you've got the yield sign, that means that if another car is coming on the ramp, you have to let them go. I notice a lot of drivers today don't understand what the yield sign means. Many of them kind of like speed up to beat the other car. But the reality is, when you have the yield sign, that means if there's another car coming, let them go in front of you. Let them have the right of way. So when we yield to the Holy Spirit, we're letting the Holy Spirit have his way in our lives. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to help us to abide in the Word. There's got to be a denial of self in order to live in the Word of God. There has to be. Because you can't serve two masters. You can't serve yourself and God at the same time. One of them has to go. One's got to be in the back seat. And you've got to yield. Which one do you yield to? Do you yield to the flesh, which is self, 
and let self have its way? Or do you yield to God the Holy Spirit and let God the Holy Spirit have his way? That's when understanding will come. That's how you get understanding. Don't just sit in church and think, okay, I went to church. No, believe the word. Abide in the word and yield your life to the Holy Spirit. These are the things that we need to do to make it real. Now, Jesus didn't come this first time to take away Roman oppression. He came to take away sin's oppression. He didn't come to give us financial security. He came to give us eternal security. And I think these are other areas of life where people miss out on the understanding. You know what people are doing? They're limiting Jesus to temporal activities instead of allowing him to perform what he wanted to do for eternity. The things that he did for us are not as much for life on earth as much as they are for life in eternity. He died for the soul, the soul that lives forever. And that's why everybody doesn't get healed. That's why every person doesn't get the job that they want, the dream job. That's why every person doesn't end up at the place that they wish they would. Because Jesus really came to give us something for eternity. But here's the catch. When you have hope for eternity, you will have hope for today. Think about that. When you have hope for eternity, you will have hope for today. So Jesus didn't give us hope for today. He gave us hope for eternity, but he knew that the byproduct of having hope for eternity would be hope for today. That's what we need to understand. That hope for today is a byproduct of having hope for eternity. Like happiness. Happiness is not a goal. Happiness is a byproduct. A byproduct of what? A byproduct of doing the right thing. Living a life of purpose. If you live in your purpose, happiness will follow. But if you're looking for happiness, man, you'll always be looking. You'll always be looking. You'll buy a dog. And you'll get that dog to go find happiness. Here, smell happiness. Okay, go get him. You might get a bloodhound or a beagle. Okay, go sniff out happiness and catch him and bring him back. Ain't going to happen. Happiness comes from living in your purpose. Live in your purpose. Happiness will follow. It's a byproduct. Hope for today is a byproduct of having hope for eternity. That's what Jesus came to give us. He came to give us hope for eternity. You know, earlier in John's Gospel, Jesus said something. Probably most people have heard this statement than any other thing that Jesus said. Most people have heard this. And you know what Jesus said. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And you know, that follows John 3.16. That was John 3.17. 
In John 3.16, he talked about God loving everybody in the world that he sent his only only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. But then he said, God did not send the son into the world to judge the world. It's not why Jesus came. He came that we would be saved through him. And the word saved, it means delivered, rescued. Did you ever wonder, rescued from what? Rescued from judgment. That's what. Jesus came to rescue us from judgment. Why? Because in the next verse, verse 18, he said, He who believes, that means put your trust in him, he who believes is not judged. So that means that if you don't believe, you remain judged. When you do believe, the judgment is taken from you and placed on Christ. And Jesus said, he who does not believe, in other words, does not put their trust in him, has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, what does that mean? We are born judged. We're born with three strikes against us. It's not whether you're good or bad. You know, people could never th- should never think, oh, I'm so wicked, I'll never go to heaven. No one's going to heaven unless they believe. We're all born judged. We're all born alienated from the life of God. We're not judged because we've sinned. We're judged because we're born. That's the reality. Your sin doesn't send you to hell. Non-belief sends people to hell. Because belief is the only thing that delivers us. And anybody can have belief. Anybody can put their faith in Christ, should they choose to. So don't ever think, my sin is so great I can never be saved. That's not why we're condemned. We're condemned because we're born. We're born condemned. We have a sin nature. We're alienated from God. What did Jesus Jesus made it very clear. If you don't believe, you've been judged already. We're born judged. And it's only believing in the name of Jesus that removes that judgment. That's the beautiful thing. So this is where our hope comes from. This is where our confident expectation comes from. The name of Jesus. Oh, I put my trust in the name of Jesus for the salvation of my soul. And I have hope. Elpis. Confident expectation. And what does the Bible tell us that we can have confident expectation in? Our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We are part of the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. We have an eternal home in heaven. We're accepted in the Beloved. These are just some of the things that God has provided for us because of Christ. See, it's all about Him. I don't know what it is, but as Christians, sometimes, you know, we make it about us. It's not about us. It's never been about us. It never will be about us. Salvation is about the Lord. 
It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ, who he is and what he came to do. Now, anybody can have this hope today. You can have it right now. Maybe you're listening to this radio show or you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I don't have that hope. I don't know if I have it. You can have it. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. That's it. Put your faith, put your trust in nothing else. That's really what the Lord is saying. Don't put your trust in who you are. Don't put your trust in what you can do. Don't put your trust in the evil you don't do and in the good that you do. Because none of that matters. The only place you can put your trust is in the one who died for you. That's it. That's the only place your trust can go in order for it to be relevant. The one that died on your behalf is the one that can take away the judgment when you believe in him and accept him as your Savior. Now, you might be hearing this today and saying, oh man, I know all this stuff. But you know what? Let's roll it back a little bit. Do you abide in it? Do you yield to the Spirit? Do you allow the Word of God to direct your step, to light your path? Anybody can be religious. Anybody can sit in church. Anybody can carry a Bible. Anybody can write down a couple of things the pastor says. Anybody can do that. And there are many people that did great things in the kingdom of God, the Bible tells us. And when it's all said and done, you know what Jesus said to them? Depart from me. You know why? I never knew you. They never had a personal relationship with Christ, though they did a lot of good things in his name. This is where it begins right here, folks. It begins with a personal relationship with Christ. I mean personal. Not a religious relationship. A personal relationship. Putting your faith in the one who did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. That's what it's about. Now, what is it that stops people from from doing that? I don't know. I think sometimes it's their pride. They might think, no, I don't want him to do it for me. I'll do it for myself. Maybe it's others that think, I'm not that bad. I don't need a Savior. Why do I need a Savior? I'm not that bad. See, again, it has nothing to do with being bad or good. But it has everything to do with being born. If you were born, you need a Savior. If you were never born, okay, you don't need a Savior because you don't exist. But if you were born physically, you need a Savior. Because that's the basis of our judgment. I was born. Somebody says, oh, that's not fair. That's not fair that I was born condemned. Well, is it fair that someone took away your condemnation for suffering for you? Would you want to suffer for your own sins? I'm I'm like, no, I don't think so. I don't want to go to hell and suffer for my sins. When Jesus took them on the cross, he paid them for me. Why would I? Because let me tell you something. If you were born condemned, you would sin and you'd be condemned. So it doesn't matter in that sense. And now who's your Savior? If you want to do it yourself, you have no Savior. So because we're born condemned because of Adam, we're saved because of the second Adam, Christ. 
Adam did something and passed it down to us that we didn't deserve. Christ did something, passed it down to us that we didn't deserve. Forgiveness. Adam brought the judgment. Jesus brought the forgiveness. So you see, God knows the best way to work it all out. He knows the best way. When we're together next time, we're going to see another aspect of our lives because of Christ. And you know what that is? Because of Christ, I have forgiveness. And you know what's so great about this forgiveness? Again, when Jesus came to do things, the effect goes on forever. We have eternal forgiveness. Eternal. It's not temporary. It's not like with people. You know, with us, like we keep needing forgiveness because we keep doing dumb things and saying dumb things and hurting each other. And we're always either getting forgiveness or giving forgiveness. But with God, he gave it once. And you got it. And it lasts forever and ever and ever. Another wonderful benefit. This will be a good series to get. Maybe your non-Christian friends to listen to. Let them see what they could have because of Christ. And of course, for Christians that maybe you're struggling, you're discouraged, you're feeling you don't measure up, hey, this is a good series. You know why? It puts the emphasis back on Jesus and what he did for us. Never be discouraged. Don't be guilty. Don't feel like you don't measure up because God has done it for you. We can never do for ourselves what Jesus has done for us. It could never happen. So let's bask in the joy of the wonderful benefits that Jesus has provided for each and every one of us. And you know the great thing? They go on forever. This is our hope. This is the gas in our tank, the fuel for our fire, the inspiration for living. It's the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't live without hope but there's plenty of it in the Lord Jesus. Hey, thanks for coming along today. Don't forget, join the Hope Club. $3 a week, we'll put you on a special email list and you'll get an audio devotional Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Really give you a little pick-me-up, get you in tune with God, and it'll help keep New Hope Radio on the air. So thank you for tuning in today. Let a friend know. Share the podcast. You can go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Player, and it's on our website at newhopecc.tv. Happy to be with you today. Grateful for the Word of God and the privilege to spread it. Now you can spread the good news too. Thanks for coming along, and next time we're going to see Because of Christ, I Have Forgiveness.